Hey guys, welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old and press on to the new. It blesses me to know that you connect with me every week to listen, to learn, and of course, to grow. If you are a subscriber, I want to say thank you from the depths of my heart. (laughs) And if you're new to this podcast, I hope you get more than you expect. (laughs) I hope you do. I hope that by the end of this episode that you have had some kind of revelation, that you have learned something new, something that you can apply to your life to help you break old mindsets, mental constructs, paradigms, strongholds, so that you can fulfill the purpose that God has intended for your life. At the end of this episode, would you take a few minutes to rate this podcast with a five-star rating, of course. (laughs) I wouldn't ask otherwise. And uh, would you also leave a few lines, a positive comment, some feedback? It always helps to know what you're thinking, what you like, what you don't like. So that way we can continue to develop content that is suitable and profitable for our audience. Tonight was beautiful. I saw the moon. I saw the stars. The home video will look so familiar to so many parents. The sweet little girl singing and dancing her way to her teen years. Where she's recognized for achieving outside the home. And please consider me for the National Honor Society. And thoroughly cherished All right. inside it. Okay. Like, this was awesome, Alexandra. And she was such a happy girl. Happy birthday to you. And so motivated and so just full life. Dear Alexandra. But familiar will turn to terrifying when parents hear the whole story of Alexandra Valores. Just weeks after a family ski vacation, give a smile, this 17-year-old high school junior, straight-A student, class officer, and robotics whiz, made her bed, tidied her room, and walked to a highway overpass in Grafton, Massachusetts. I leaned over the embankment and looked down, and I saw her. Dean Valores. Alexandra's father. I was just hoping for warmth. Do you know what I mean? But there was no warmth. It was done. Then all the cars kept driving by. My daughter's on the side of the road. Nobody saw this. And she's cold. Nearby, Dean and his wife Alicia found two journals in their daughter's belongings. There was just so much joy in everything she did, and it doesn't match what was in that journal. 200 pages of self-loathing and despair. You are broken. You are a burden. You are lazy. You're a failure. She was a highly motivated achiever. Mm -hmm. But that's how she felt inside. Such a sharp and confusing contrast to who they thought was their happy oldest child, strumming her way through adolescence and still talking to her parents. You're having all these great conversations. Great conversations. It just doesn't seem possible, but it's what reality was because it's written right here. Before taking her life, Alexandra wrote in her journal to her parents, don't blame yourselves for not seeing the warning signs. And as you listen to this podcast, 
there are adolescents out there between the ages of 13 and 19 that have suicidal ideation. I mean, they have a plan. They have the tools. They have the ideas and they have the time. They're just waiting for the moment. You just don't hear about them as often as you hear about (laughs) politics. Unless, of course, they're famous people. Just recently in the past, perhaps year and a half, we've heard the news of about 20 different famous influencers, YouTubers, that took their life. And you have to ask yourself the question, why? I was shocked when I heard about Anthony Bourdain taking his life. I mean, this guy dedicated his whole life to traveling around the world, feasting on delicacies from different countries and regions, and yet that was not enough. And then you have DJ Avicii. I mean, this guy was talented. He knew how to mix music. His music traveled all around the world. Then Kurt Cobain. I mean, Kurt Cobain was one of the lead guitarists for Nirvana, a talented, a talented musician. And yet his fame was not enough to fill that void within him. And then Kate Spade. I mean, who doesn't know Kate Spade? Who hasn't heard of Kate Spade? I mean, come on. A lot of ladies have something that she designed in, uh, in their closet. I mean, Kate Spade took her life and she was in her early 50s. And last but not least, my favorite actor of all times, a man with great talent, great talent, who was able to portray different uh, personas, different characters in different genres, Robin Williams, a great actor. You would think that someone who had it all, achieved it all, succeeded at all, would not end it all just like that, but he did. I had a little problem with alcohol. It wasn't really a problem. Everybody had it, but it was the idea. You were a... I was, a, I was an alcohol, a drunk. You were a drunk. Now, do you think you've beaten it? No, Larry. It's always there. You've <laughs> <laughs> beaten it. Yeah, I kicked it. <laughs> no, I'm I mean... fine. No, you, the idea is that you always have a little bit of fear. Like, you have to just keep at it. You know, it's a day by day. You know, no, I'm not always fun to be around. And that there is this thing of, yeah, the world sees one thing, and what am I like at home? Different, Mm. because I can't always be on. That was a powerful statement by Williams. He was basically saying that what you see on the outside doesn't usually represent what's going on on the inside. And it is so true for so many people that we meet with on a daily basis. You know, some have developed this amazing ability to put on a mask, a facade, to take on a different persona, a different character, to fool you into believing that they are okay. Actually, a lot of people that you see on social media, a lot of the people who are posting those wonderful selfies, those Instagram pictures, the ones that get a whole lot of likes, you know, those are usually people who are extremely miserable on the inside, but yet they try to portray something on the outside that is, in all reality, fictitious. It is far from the truth. In a way, they are seeking validation, affirmation, praise. Why do they want this? Well, they want to make up for that deep emptiness that's within their hearts. But in all reality, uh, if you know me, I'm a pastor and I'm, a, of course, I'm a born again believer in Christ. And so I remember the day that I came to know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I was, I was okay, but I had an emptiness within me. And there was something that just would not let me feel the joy that, that I was wanting to feel. Happiness was fleeting. It was coming and going. But when I came to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, 
that moment, I'm not going to say that everything changed, but what I'm going to say is that I knew that I was a new creation and that at that point, just as Paul said, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, I knew that I was going to have to be intentional about changing my belief system because I knew that if I changed my belief system, it would alter my biology and my biochemistry. And if I was able to do that, then my destination would change. So I knew that there was a mind-body connection, my spirit, my body, and my mind were directly connected or interconnected. And so when I came to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, then I had to start working on uh, renewing the mind so that uh, I could start to see complete, or not complete, but true transformation in my life. I'm being transformed on a daily basis as I intentionally seek uh, to be renewed. Now, please understand, I'm not wanting to or trying to sound like I'm minimizing the the pain that a lot of people go through that end up committing suicide. Let's be honest. There are some that have uh, that are being attacked spiritually. There are others that are being attacked psychologically, and there are others that are being attacked chemically. And so we have to see this from the different uh, perspectives. We can't only see it through the eyes of the spirit, the spiritual eyes. We have to see it also through psychology, and we also have to see it through biochemistry, because you have some that indeed have a, um, a brain chemical imbalance, you know, dopamine, serotonin, that perhaps is causing them to feel depressed or anxious or, you know, any other kind of a mental illness. And then you have those who are, you know, psychologically impacted because uh, they have experienced uh, adverse childhood uh, experiences, you know, growing up as as kids, and it has affected them as adults. And then you have those who are uh, battling spiritually, and these are people that have opened the door to the enemy, to the devil, and have let him come in and take over. And so you have those, and and then others that have uh, simply been recipients of the sins of the forefathers and. The book, uh, the 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 Old Testament says that the sins of the forefathers shall be carried on to the third and the fourth generation, and so then you have those that are struggling with those attachments from the past or those strongholds that are taking them down and really tearing them up, causing them to fall into anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation. Whatever the situation may be, whether it's psychological, chemical, or spiritual. I believe that Jesus is the answer. As a believer in Christ, as a firm believer in the Word of God and in God, I believe that Christ is the answer. He is uh, our healer, our redeemer. He is our restoration, our strong tower, our rock. He is our everything. And so part of the transformation that we are to go through, as Paul talks about, Uh, will bring us to a point of healing, healing of the mind, healing of the spirit, which will eventually bring healing of the body as well. Suicide, my friends, is no joke. And, And I want to really focus on teenage suicide. I'm talking about 13 through 19 years of age. I mean, today I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine, and she was sharing with me how she checks in on her daughter, who happens to be uh, an adolescent in middle school. She says, I frequently check in with her to see how she's doing. And it is a brief conversation. It is a moment in which she allows her daughter to speak from her heart 
and from her mind and share her fears and share her worries and her anxieties. It's really a moment to seek to understand the child. And I believe that's very positive. And I was thinking about today, I thought, you know, how many parents are there out there really that are taking the time to check in with their child, to check in to see how they're doing, to check in to see how they're feeling, to check in to see if there's anything that they're worried about, anxious about, struggling with. How many times have you as a parent, if you have a a teenager or a young adult, how many times do do you stop to check in just to see how they're doing. You know, Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the uh, the habits was, or is, seek to understand and then to be understood. In other words, he's saying what really matters most is that you seek to understand individuals. It's not necessarily that you be understood. So as parents, we need to seek to understand. And how do we do that? We have to listen intently We have to develop this ability to have acute listening and keen observation skills. Listen, acute listening and keen observation skills. We learn to listen, not to reply. We learn to listen to understand. Did you hear what I said? And if you didn't, You're not listening with the intent to understand. (laughs) You're listening with the intent to reply. And so you've got to develop the ability to listen, to understand, and not necessarily listen to reply. Sometimes you don't have to say a word, my friend. It's just a matter of sitting with your teenager and listening to their hearts without being critical, without being judgmental. Just listen to their hearts. You know, during the pandemic, the suicidal hotline, that hotline that a lot of people call when they are having suicidal ideation and they have counselors on the other end that will counsel them through uh, the process uh, to get them help. You know, during the pandemic, that hotline increased its calls by 700%. Yes, you heard it right. 700% increase in the calls. In other words, there were 700% more individuals thinking about committing suicide than ever before. Why? Well, let's say that the pandemic had a lot to do with it. Isolation, being separated from family, from friends, uh, being locked up, cooped in a a room, in a home, uh, thinking about the probability of dying from COVID, um, you know, having to wear a mask and feeling asphyxia. I mean, everyone experiences COVID-19, the pandemic, in a different way. And we can't be critical of them or judgmental of them because we all deal with our own issues. The second cause of death amongst adolescents is suicide. Number one, are accidents, number two, suicide, number three is cancer. 800,000 people take their lives on an annual basis. That's a huge number. Just to put that into perspective, we're talking about 2,200 people taking their lives on a daily basis worldwide. 
That's an average of 92 people per hour. So what that means is that every two minutes, three individuals take their lives. In the United States alone, 3,700 teenagers attempt suicide. Listen, on a daily basis, 3,700 of them. Eight months ago, we couldn't have imagined that our daily vocabulary would be filled with the P word. Yes, the P word. Pandemic. And while perhaps we are getting tired of hearing the word over and over, I can't help but ask why we haven't used it to bring urgency to confronting teen suicide. The race to find a cure to the COVID-19 pandemic is certainly front and center, no doubt. But the same sense of urgencies does not seem to be evident for the unsettling rise in teen suicide. Recent CDC data revealed that almost one in five teens across the nation have seriously considered attempting suicide. I want you to picture this. Picture a typical high school classroom of about 25 students, and then picture that five out of those students in that class are thinking about suicide. That's a scary picture. Not only is it scary, it is very sad to say the least. Back in 2017, Netflix released its controversial series, 13 Reasons Why. Some of you probably have never heard of this before, but if you have teenagers and you have Netflix, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they've watched several episodes. See, if you haven't seen the show, it details the suicide of a teenage girl who, in audio tapes, describes the reasons for her suicide, typically blaming the actions of others. The show was a critical and commercial success, but also a lightning rod for moral criticism. You see, advocates for suicide prevention and other groups were concerned that viewing the show might trigger some youth into committing suicide. And of course, this is called the copycat effect. We see this over and over when someone who is popular commits suicide and ends up on the tabloids, on social media. We will usually hear of three or four more uh, popular individuals that uh, followed suit by taking their lives as well, and that is called the copycat effect. The National Association of School Psychologists stated that the show's powerful storytelling may lead impressionable viewers to romanticize the choices made by the character and or develop revenge fantasies, and that... Research shows that exposure to another person's suicide or to graphic or sensationalized accounts of death can be one of the many risk factors that youth struggling with mental health conditions cite as a reason they contemplate or attempt suicide. But once again, as a parent, you don't know what you don't know, what you don't observe, what you don't listen to, what you don't seek to understand, you just don't know. And if you're unable to define the problem, you will never be able to defeat it. Tragically, those who take their lives fail to move from destructive to productive thinking. You see, they fail to realize that now, now is not forever. It's temporary. They fail to see that suicide is a permanent reaction to a temporary problem. You see, I guesstimate that a lot of people, a lot of young people, depending on the polls, depending on the uh, elections, a lot of people will take their lives because they will see this as a forever and not as a temporary. 
and it will define their lives and they will become destructive, either in an outward way or in an inward way. Nevertheless, destructive. One fact about life is that it is constantly changing. People and circumstances are constantly changing, constantly evolving. Just as the seasons of the year change, the seasons of life change. Now is not forever. Now is just temporary. In his time, God can and will change your circumstances. And and if you let him, he will change your heart. And one day you will be able to say like David did, To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. Have you ever heard of the term bully side? Yes, bully side. It refers to a person who dies of suicide because of the torment, fear, and humiliation associated with being bullied. Immature children are notorious for picking on one another. However, today's bullies are far more cruel than in previous generations. I mean, come on, I remember growing up, I'm close to 50. Back in the day, my bully's name was Ronald, and I was in the kindergarten, and he was in the fifth grade. He made my life miserable. He did it through name-calling and threats. But let me tell you, I was quickly able to overcome the trauma that that caused in my mind, in my life, because my parents were always there for me. They helped me. Not only did I have my parents to support me, I had a, a Taekwondo instructor. His name, Ali Mutu Almasan. I still remember his name. Why? He impacted my life. He helped me regain my confidence. Today's bullies use their cell phones and their computers to attack their human targets at all hours of the day and night. It's virtually impossible for victims to find a a sense of safety anywhere unless they isolate themselves and abandon the use of phones and computers. With no protection from the constant barrage of bullying, victims feel so belittled and besieged that eventually they lose their ability to function normally. They experience mental and emotional symptoms similar to those who are being terrorized. They suffer plummeted self-worth and impaired resilience. They endure such degradation and scorn that some believe suicide is their only viable option. Unless someone, someone who's observing what is going on and recognizes their symptoms and intervenes in their lives in a powerful, caring way, there is little hope for these strugglers. You see, parents, educators, and coaches need to take action on behalf of those being bullied. There's a passage Uh, in the Bible that makes this so much more relevant. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 11 through 12, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? How many of you football lovers have ever heard of Coach Tony Dungy? I mean, the Tony Dungy. He's known exhilaration and felt exhaustion. Coach Dungy took the Indianapolis Colts to victory in the Super Bowl. 
a feat doubly honored because he was the first African-American coach to win football's premier event watched by millions around the world. But Dungy has also experienced loss. I mean, painful loss. Grievous loss. And not just the kind played on the football field. I'm not talking about that kind of loss. The coach's oldest son, Jamie, he took his own life. His sister, Tiara, said, I just wish he would have made it to 20. She believed that teenage rebellion played a large role in her brother's suicide. Once he began defying parental guidance, he also started veering off the path, the straight path that had provided stability. Of course, that guidance would have made much more sense as he matured, but Jamie died at the age of 18. And the parental advice Jamie once sought and heeded became marred by the mixed messages he received from, yeah, the world. Jamie would have escaped his early death had he heeded this wise counsel. Proverbs 4.10 Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Jamie became distracted by the noise of the world that he was unable to hear the voice of God. Listen, my friend, every sheep needs a shepherd. It's a life and death matter. When a sheep crosses a stream, if its wool coat becomes saturated with water, the top heavy sheep topples over. It ends up with its feet straight up in the air. The sheep is said to be cast down. It's defenseless. It cannot save itself. It cannot come to its rescue or to its aid. Without the aid of a shepherd, this sheep literally cannot stand. And soon, it will die. If you become so heavy laden that you fall with the weight you are carrying, you too need the shepherd. You need a strong hand to help you up. Otherwise, you too could lose your life. The psalmist, who clearly understood tragedy and despair, wrote these graphic words, Psalm 42, 11. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. There are three stages of being cast down. These are the three stages of potential suicide. Uh, number one is downcast. This is the early the early stage. This is when the individual is showing signs of dejection, change in eating and sleeping habits, avoidance of family, decline in school performance, anxiety, the inability to concentrate and make decisions, boredom, and lack of interest in the future. Number two is distressed. This is the advanced stage. This is when the individual is showing signs of depression, withdrawal from family and friends, rapid mood swings, physical problems, self-injury, anorexia, self-pity, excessive absences from school, apathy or anger, and neglect of personal appearance. And the third and last one is despairing. This is the danger stage. This is the red flag. This is an extreme warning sign. This is when the individual is showing signs of hopelessness, giving away personal possessions or deep remorse, suicidal threats or previous attempts, abusing alcohol or drugs, organizing personal affairs like making a will or paying off debts, 
isolation. And this is a very common one. A sudden change from depression to cheerfulness, which indicates that the individual is at peace with the decision of suicide. Rarely does a person choose the act of suicide on an impulse. It's not a one-time reaction. It's not based on an event. See, friends and family often think that the loss of their loved one resulted from an isolated moment of despair. Yet suicide usually occurs after a long process of destructive thinking and clouded conclusions are left unchecked. See, these faulty thoughts lead to a denial of truth and a disconnect with people. A common thought is, no one understands me. No one feels the way that I do. Everyone has struggled with discouragement. Everyone has wrestled with their thoughts, even God's appointed King David. Psalm 13, 2, he writes, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Moms and dads, I want to encourage you. Take time to observe. Take time to listen. Take time to understand. Look into the eyes of your child. Don't become distracted with the vicissitudes of life. Don't become distracted with things that will take care of themselves. Focus on what is most important. Keep in mind that God has charged you to train up your children in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart from it. Dads and even moms, If you're considered to be great leaders in the community, great leaders at the workplace, great entrepreneurs, influencers, but yet you're unable to influence the life of your children, let me just say it plain and simple. You suck as a leader. (laughs) You suck as an influencer. You've got to recalibrate. Recalibrate your priorities. Set God above on the apex of your life, at the top. The Word of God says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. So moms and dads, be intentional on a daily basis. Look into their eyes and seek to connect to their hearts. And by all means, if you notice signs of suicidal ideation, please, please, please seek professional help. If you're listening right now and you yourself have had thoughts of suicide, you've had suicidal ideation, I want to give you 13 reasons why not to commit suicide. 13 reasons why you should not commit suicide. Number one, God is your healer. Number two, God is your redeemer. Number three, God is your deliverer. Number four, God is your strength. Number five, God is your shelter. Number six, He is your friend. Number seven, He is your advocate. Number eight, he is your restorer. Number nine, he is your everlasting father. Number 10, he is love. 
Number 11, He is your everlasting light. Number 12, He is your resting place. And number 13, He is your refuge from the storm. And let me remind you, He is the Father that loves you with an everlasting type of love. A love that doesn't abandon, neglect, abuse. He is the Father that said, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That is our God. I hope this episode has opened your eyes to the realities that we are living in today. I hope that it helps you help others. It helps you identify warning signs in individuals that might be struggling with thoughts of suicide. I hope it helps you also become a lot more intentional regarding uh, your relationship with your own children, whether they are young uh, adolescents or young adults or older adults. I hope that this helps you by being more cognizant of the things that they could be struggling with. And so if you're the one who is struggling with these suicidal ideations, I hope that you would find help. Seek help. Seek help. There is hope. There is healing. God is for you. He is not against you. So if this episode really touched your heart and made a difference, share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. You know, suicide is something that is not talked about a whole lot. We talk about other issues that uh, we're dealing with in our country. But we don't touch on the subject of suicide. And as you just found out today, it is rampant. It is a grave concern. It is affecting our children. And none of us, listen, none of us are exempt. For some of the key points, you can go to the show notes. I will also add my link to schedule a time to meet with me online to discuss issues that you might be facing today. Or if you have a quick question, simply follow me on Instagram and send me a uh, message. Also keep in mind that you can follow me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with lots of free resources. And um, I will see you next week with a new episode. If you like this, give us a five-star rating and leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. Stay strong, stay encouraged, stay focused on Him. God bless you guys. Love you in Christ.